0: Welcome to The Balancing Act, a podcast focused on leadership and management in the corporate space with Dr. Andrew Tempte, President and Global Head of Corporate Learning and author of The Balancing Act, Teach, Coach, Mentor, Inspire. You can find that, uh, the book available over on Amazon and Target and multiple other outlets as well. Today's episode will be focused on ego and followership. If you have not caught the first three episodes... Take the time now, go back, listen, get the definition of ego. We're not going to do it on this episode. It's a teaser. You got to go back and listen to those to understand exactly what we're talking about. But it will be well worth your time. Uh, Andy, I want to dive into followership uh, because it's a word we were talking off air, quote unquote, uh, about my understanding of the word previously. And I had a very specific specific connotation and context for it. Can you define for your listeners here and for those who are going to be reading your book and those who even want to follow your path from a management and, and tap into Kaplan's corporate learning space, uh, what you believe followership to mean. And then we'll dive into the comparative state of ego versus followership.
1: Yeah, so followership has uh, come about really over the last 20 years or so uh, as uh, as a challenge to leaders that there is more to their role as leaders than being in charge of some kind of overarching command and control environment. Uh, we, uh, we we get ourselves, uh, when we get on a management track, we get ourselves caught in this notion that each step up the ladder uh, that we take that our Egos should grow, and I'm talking about ego in the the the, the non-constructive right. <laughs> definition of uh, of ego. That our heads get bigger. That everybody should be hanging on our every word, uh, and that I'm doing more telling, and than than I am serving of my of my team, and it's this notion. That uh, you, many of you listener, many of our listeners, I'm sure, have heard of servant leadership. Uh, followership and servant leadership are reasonably synonymous with with one another, and uh, a servant leader and a leader that has adopted the concepts of followership know when to lead when to be out front when to be going hey everybody come follow me versus taking a step back opening their ears listening and knowing when to step in and and working as a contributor to solving a challenge or helping to build the business versus always being that guy or gal who knows everything and is always in charge
0: uh you talk in in the book in this section uh, about racy which not not everyone is as aware of but responsible accountable consultant and informed and i think that plays really well right now specifically because you talk about you don't always have to be responsible for every single thing in your office you don't always have to be that point person but as a condition just like you spoke we're almost taught that as you become a manager and as you move up that chain well, I have to lead. I have to get out in front. I have to be the one making these choices on every single thing. You also speak in the book about you get to practice your your followership less because as a leader, you are being looked to by your manager or by your shareholders or by whoever it might be that, you know, the buck stops with you, whatever phrase you want to use. So how do you how do you balance uh let's go with leadership versus followership, and then we'll talk more ego versus followership. But how do you how do you practice it? How do you make time for it? And how do you uh teach other managers to to make this important distinction of of how they go about business
1: yeah i i would take our listeners uh uh guide guide your minds toward uh diversity and inclusion conversations that we're having all around our our economies uh we the evidence is really starting to stack up the hard evidence is really starting to stack up that diverse teams uh, that are inclusive, both of uh, race and gender, uh, diversity of opinion and thought and and background, that uh, when you get a diverse team together, you're going to be able to go farther. You're going to be able to come up with better outcomes than a team that looks very monochromatic and everybody looks like me. Well, to manage a diverse, inclusive team, you must have exercised your followership uh, capabilities because by definition, when you're leading a diverse team, you as the leader don't have all the answers. Right. And you are purposefully relying on people that know more than you in certain areas, are more of an expert in other, in, in certain areas of the business uh, to, you know, to be that guy or that gal who's really gonna push that part of the agenda forward and you have to step back into that followership role and allow that to occur. So
0: I'm a middle manager, which I'm not, but I'm positing now, I'm a middle manager who is working in a company where leadership is valued and followership is not something that is necessarily fostered or taught, right? It's not something that necessarily is the CEO's mindset or the VP of marketing or, or sales. How do you mentor or foster your own followership in that environment or to be honest is that an environment that may not be a growth environment for you
1: yeah well that the the second thing that you just said there i think is critical we 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 have to get better as humans in the workforce of recognizing when there is good fit with the organizations that we're working with that we're applying our talents uh, toward, and we are looking to those organizations to give back to us as we give to them, and you know it's this uh, a a great employment environment is symbiotic to both the employer and right. to the employee. And if you are caught, if you want to, if you want to build your followership muscles, but you're trapped in a command and control environment where leadership is all that matters, uh, we, we have to get better at being strong and saying the purpose of this organization does not match with my purpose. And so therefore I'm not going to hang around and wait to be uh, forced out. I'm going to opt out myself because, again, my ego, my mediator, is saying there's a better place for you, Dan or Andy, and and to have the courage to be able to do that r- requires that that ego to be mediating, and uh, and, and 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 those and and you're, you'll you'll find an environment where yep. followership and leadership are more appropriately balanced where you can not just survive but thrive
0: it's uh so i don't those who have listened have noticed that each episode i compliment andy on how this can be applied outside of the business world um, but i do think that an application really interesting here is the interview process it is using these tips of understanding a company's views on resiliency and followership and their viewpoints on leaders and what the premise is and something like racy like how do they go about assigning the responsibility the accountability who needs to be informed who needs to be consulted uh so again life lessons here but also business lessons so we've talked around ego here in this episode talked more about leadership and followership and their balancing act is ego and leadership truly a Sorry, ego here about that balancing between those two things. Is it about understanding that the the follow has to happen for you to open up your team and open up yourself to move forward?
1: Yeah, so thus far, you know, we've talked about vul- vulnerability. We've talked about uh, resilience. Uh, we're pr- now purposely talking about followership because followership, and that balance between followership and leadership requires uh, that resilience that we talked about in the last episode and the vulnerability to know when to lead and when to and when to follow. So the, 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 the muscles and the characteristics of, of being a vulnerable leader you need that to be able to practice, uh, to effectively practice uh, fo- followership, because the leader that thinks they've got to be always on and always right and always in charge, they haven't opened themselves up to. Uh, they're they're not they're not vulnerable with their teams, and they're likely not going to then open themselves up to a, a more diverse, inclusive uh working environment so that yeah one of the one of the key balancing acts that we play is this is this leadership uh, followership thing
0: Andy, where i want to wrap uh this episode is on your own journey specifically around followership so you've led large companies you've been parts of other large companies kaplan uh, there, there's a, a long list which you talked about in the first episode of your career path is this something that came naturally to you? Is this something that was an aha moment for you where you realize, Oh, I've been a bad manager because I'm not doing this. What was your personal experience with followership and how you came to view it as so important?
1: Yeah. The, the aha moment that I had was uh, about 10 years ago. uh, uh, An individual that I I worked with very closely uh, was in my office and recounting an Andy said moment, okay, sure. and what Andy said meant, and it was pervasive across the company, was that nothing happened unless Andy said it was going to happen, and that was this moment where uh, I had I had done some research on servant leadership. I you know i i i i I'd done some reading on the subject. Uh, on, on followership. And it was that aha moment that, wow, I really am, have created this command and control environment. And I've essentially paralyzed an entire organization into believing that nothing can happen without me. And how big does my non-constructive ego <laughs> have to be to convince myself that uh, that this that that even the smallest decision needs an Andy said I wasn't empowering people I wasn't growing, I wasn't helping to mentor and coach, and I certainly wasn't inspiring people to be the best versions of themselves. I was I was pressing down from the top, and that frankly I, I felt terrible about that and decided to do something about it.
0: It's a great story and uh, a great. Reminder to managers or CEOs, whoever out there, if, if you're seeing a lot of Jack said or Joanne said and emails back to you, then maybe you're going down the same path. Uh, sounds a lot like uh, football coaching trees, right? As these coaches get better, empowering them to have a little bit more say in the offense, a little bit more say in the defense, and hopefully they become a head coach themselves. Uh, and that I think here is, you want to coach up your employees. You want them to become managers or move on to other companies and be leaders and move forward because it's a great sign of your management style that you are you are mentoring and you are bringing people along for the ride. Great content as always. I will remind everyone uh, we are really here to discuss two things. Andy's point of view on the world and Balancing Act, the book, and of course, Kaplan's corporate learning space. That is uh, something for you to check out. Of course, Kaplan.com available to you. But the book is so good uh i've read it one and a half times now i assume by the time we're done recording this it'll be two times uh it's just there are stories in here that can speak to so many aspects of business but also so many aspects of life be sure to find balancing act wherever you purchase books and join us each and every time for episodes of the balancing act podcast we'll be back with more next episode